Hi, and welcome to Skip Intro, the new podcast from Binge, all about the world's best television. Each week, we're here to discuss the biggest new shows on Binge, along with a couple of our own recommendations. My name is John Boehm, here with Ali Herbert-Burns, and together we look after all the great TV and movies that you see on Binge. Ali, happy New Year's. Good to see you remotely. Where are you coming from today? I am in Victoria. We came down to Melbourne just after Christmas, John. Uh, Where are you? I am in sunny Canberra in my childhood bedroom. I've been here since Christmas. But Ali, what are we discussing this week? Well, we got the treat on New Year's Day of the Return to Hogwarts, the Harry Potter 20th anniversary special. So we're going to talk all things Harry Potter because... It's not just that reunion special, but there's some other cool Harry Potter programming that we've got coming um, up on Binge. So we're going to talk about Harry. And we're also going to talk about some of the shows for 2022 that we're most excited about. There's The Staircase from HBO and also Winning Time um, about the LA Lakers. And then a couple of little recommendations from both of us of things that you might have missed or just little gems that we've loved. Awesome. But first, let's jump straight into the wizarding world of Harry Potter. He couldn't know that at this very moment, people meeting in secret all over the country were holding up their glasses and saying in hushed voices, To Harry Potter, the boy who lived. Seven novels, eight films, two Fantastic Beasts spin-offs, nearly $10 billion at the box office, and with 500 million book sales, it is the best-selling book series of all time. Now, 20 years after the release of the first film, we are going all in on Harry Potter. So along with having all the films on binge, all the Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts films on binge, we've also just released Harry Potter's 20th anniversary, Return to Hogwarts, which we'll talk about in a second. On January 15th, we have a four-part quiz show hosted by Dame Helen Mirren, uh, Hogwarts Tournament of Houses, which was also coming your way. And in February, we've got a documentary special from the BBC about Fantastic Beasts called Fantastic Beasts and Natural History, which includes David Attenborough and Stephen Fry and a whole bunch of people, which is also very exciting. But as of this recording, uh, the reunion came out yesterday. Ali, I know it's uh, helped deliver Binge, one of its best days ever, but what did you think of the reunion? I loved it, John. What a nice way to start um, the new year. And after a hard couple of COVID interrupted years, it was a bit like a big warm hug. I think the fans of Harry Potter will have reveled in some of the little snippets that came out that they might not have known or, or learnt about the actors, but I just enjoyed it. And it was a little bit, um, it made me a little bit teary at the end, especially they talked about some of the wonderful actors that have since passed away um, and some of the influences of them on, on their careers and their lives, but just also just some beautiful insight about the three lead characters and what Harry Potter has meant to them and the impact it's been on their life as they kind of grew up together experiencing the phenomenon of making the movies. So big tick from me. Every one of my friends texted me about it yesterday, asking what time it was going up and live texting me through it about how much they loved it. The whole Harry Potter phenomenon somehow passed me by. I don't know if I wasn't allowed to see the movie or the books or something. But that said, I did sit down like everybody else and watch the reunion last night. And to my surprise, actually, by the end of it, I was like getting chills. And obviously not not because, um, you know, the books or the films were a huge part of my life, but just watching especially the three main cast, you know, go from these unknown children and seeing them 
grow up into, you know, full-blown adults over the course of the 10 years and just how big a part of their lives this film series was and how like all engrossing it was. And I think, you know, not to give anything away, but at one point they kind of say how they felt like astronauts because there's only so many people in the world that have ever experienced what they experienced. It's a good point. When How many movies or, I mean, there's lots of TV series that go for a long time. So you see people grow up, but they're growing up as their characters are growing up and it's literally like watching them grow up in real life, but you still remember them as children. So I actually found it quite weird watching them talk now as they're in their thirties. And obviously I've, I've seen them interviewed and, you know, since they were first made it, but just how much the memory of them is as those first few years of Harry Potter when they were children and how that kind of sticks with you. Like that's kind of how you view them even now, all these years later. Yeah. And one of the other interesting things that I thought they said was um, they talked about how by the end of it, there was kind of a blurring between who Hermione was and who Ron was and who Emma was and who Rupert was. And you saw them sort of all break into tears, the you know, when the final film finished production. But yeah, it really seems like they went through something for better or worse, where they grow up with something that's so attached to you and then have it end. Yeah. I, I, you know, even as like I said, someone who's not that invested in the films, just as a, a documentary and as a, you know, an hour and a half of television, I found it incredibly compelling. So I'm sure someone who's a fan of Harry Potter will need no convincing, but I would just say if you're, you know, a little on the fence or you're like, oh, I'm, you know, haven't seen all the films, haven't read all the books or whatever, I would say this is still an incredibly compelling sort of 90 minutes of TV. So if you have any interest just in sort of general filmmaking, even, I would say this is absolutely worth a watch. And yeah, like I said, I kind of walked away with it from chills because yeah, it gets gets quite personal about their experience making it and growing up and what it meant and who loved who and, you know, yeah. Spoilers, spoilers. No, I think you're right. And at the very beginning, Daniel Radcliffe is kind of hosting um, a segment with Chris Columbus, who was the director of the first two films, of the eight films, um, and he's talking about how they cast the film and, you know, how many people had come to audition and they just had gone around the country and they hadn't found their Harry. And there was actually a snippet of an interview with J.K. Rowling, who's not in this a lot, but they do so show some stock footage of her talking from some previous interviews and she was saying they hadn't found their Harry and even hearing the director's perspective of how Daniel Radcliffe was cast, I found super cool. Um, so there were definitely some snippets about Harry Potter that fans were probably hearing for the first time. And you did mention some of the love goss that came out of it. That was probably um, people have started to hear those headlines come out, but a little bit like Friends, it sounded like there were people who loved each other in the cast maybe. Yeah, which, you know, when you spend 10 years growing up with the same people, it's, you know, it, I imagine it's much like a sort of boarding school experience, like a, you know, an elevated sort of heightened boarding school or workplace experience where you're spending, you know, your whole lives with these people. Some of the actors even talked about, you know, they spent more time with these kids than their, than their own kids during production. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think just another thing that was interesting, and again, we won't give it away because I'm sure there's lots of people that are still yet to see this, but just um, as they were growing up and, and struggling with fame and everything, everything that came with it, Emma Watson shared that she struggled so much that at one point she wasn't sure if she could continue. And you can just imagine how different the Harry Potter universe and the Wizarding World would be if we hadn't had that wonderful trio take us all the way through. So, yeah, lots of cool snippets. I really loved it. I can't wait for the quiz show we've got coming on the 15th. It's really a bit of a fun family quiz, isn't it? It's literally for the big Harry Potter fans out there. And then this Fantastic Beast special was shot at the Natural History Museum in London with Stephen Fry. And I'm really looking forward to that coming out in February as well. So I've seen the first episode of the quiz um, and I would say it's definitely 
one for the fans. And again, in the same way that this reunion's really focused on the films, the quiz is also very much focused on the on the films and the production and who's in it and you know Easter eggs in the background. And but um, Dame Helen Mirren does a does an excellent job as a, as a quiz host. Oh, she can always fall back on that when she wants to stop, you know, winning Oscars and starring in amazing films. <laughs> yeah, she can go and host Jeopardy. <laughs> Are they still looking for a host or did they feel that in the end? I can't remember. <laughs> uh, that, I think that that um, saga is still going on. Maybe we can talk about Jeopardy in a future episode. Uh, yes, okay. Um. <laughs> we digress. But then all the films, I think there's a new Fantastic Beast film coming out in April, um, which is a little bit of the timing of them looking at the Fantastic Beast special, no doubt. But, yeah, the fact that the entire Wizarding World, the eight Harry Potter films, the Fantastic Beast and all of these extra specials is on binge. Um, there's lots for Harry Potter fans to be excited about in 22. such an intricately perfectly designed universe. I think it's very easy to forget that at the time people were talking about like the death of reading. I just think it's a beautiful creative outlook on life, this belief in limitless possibilities. One of the many reasons I admire JK so much is that millions now read books who would never have lifted a book up in their lives and you suddenly realise the power of writing. So while there is plenty coming your way in 2022, uh, I just wanted to highlight a couple of things that are actually uh, returning series, which we've got new seasons of coming very soon to binge. So Discovery of Witches is returning with its third and final season, January 9th. HBO church drama, The the Righteous Gemstones, is back for its second season on January 10th. Everybody's favourite Zendaya vehicle, Euphoria, is back for season two, also on January 10th. And then a little bit later, we've got a new season of Raised by Wolves in February, and I know everyone is very excited for the long-awaited return of Barry, which we're hoping we will see maybe March or April, but that doesn't have a date yet. But needless to say, lots of your favourites that um, you've probably waited a little bit longer than you wanted to for new seasons are on their way back. Woohoo! How many good titles are there? There's too many people to remember, but isn't it exciting to know that lots of them are back? I think nearly everything's past its initial COVID interruptions now. So lots of things flowing for 2022. But can we jump into The Staircase? I am so looking forward to this show. We don't have any dates yet from HBO, but I watched the French documentary or docuseries that is on Netflix, um, which I think it's called The Staircase. Um, And this is a drama of a real life event that happened. So um, it is about the trial of Michael Peterson, who is charged with killing his wife, who fell down um, the staircase in their home in America, wealthy couple. And I, I just can't wait to see how and where HBO Max take this. It stars Colin Firth as um, Michael Peterson and Tony Collette as his wife. What else do you know about this, John? That's about it. Um, there's a, a few more casts that have been announced: Rosemary DeWitt, Juliette Binoche, and Parker Posey. So it's got it's rounding out a really really interesting cast. Um, I think it is worth noting for people who maybe aren't familiar with the Staircase. Obviously, it is available to stream, and you should abs- absolutely check it out. But it, at least for me, sort of introduced the whole concept of the true crime miniseries. It was this like nine or ten part documentary which you know back in 2004 wasn't all that common and yeah really sort of set up a lot of what we think of when we think about true crime these days so I'm super excited to see um this sort of dramatic adaptation oh it's just one of those shows that at the end a bit like maybe people felt like with making a murder but you know is this guy guilty what really happened and just the, the documentary is really interesting as well because the way he allows the filmmaker to follow him and he almost I felt when I watched it, he almost 
liked the drama that came with the whole thing, a little bit reminiscent of the jinx. Um, you're like, why are these people wanting to be on camera talking about this stuff? Which also makes me think, well, maybe because they're totally innocent or maybe they just understand how media and public opinion and stuff works. But anyway, I'm just, I'm so excited about this show. I cannot wait yeah. for it to come. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's not a spoiler because it's nearly 20 years old now, but there are there are some just insane twists and turns in in the, I was about to say the French original, but, you know, the true story, there are just incredible, you know, coincidences and um, plot twists. And yeah, it's a, it's a very compelling true crime series. And yeah, I can't wait to see how they bring it to life. I know. So you've go going from true crime to basketball. So the LA Lakers winning time is the story of the LA Lakers in the eighties based on a book as well. So again, t- looking at kind of an historical event and dramatizing it, this one's been in the works for years. We've been waiting for this to come from HBO for a long, long time. Super excited about this. It's from Adam McKay. Anything more you know about it, John? Yeah, so like you said, Adam McKay, people I'm sure are familiar with his work, even if they're not familiar with his name. He's, of course, a producer on Succession and Eastbound and Down, both of both of which we've got on Binge. But I know a lot of my socials over the last few days have been talking about Don't Look Up, um, the movie which he just directed about a comet or climate change. And he's also, you know, he was behind The Big Short and Anchorman and a number of things. But yeah, the, the trailer for this one is actually out. Tonally, it looks very interesting. It definitely looks like it's leaning into the 80s. Um, <laughs> moustaches and tank tops and all very excited for this one we know it's coming in march we don't know a date yet but coming soon Woo-hoo. can't wait there's two things in this world that make me believe in god it's sex and basketball you know i'm sleeping her loss i'm about to buy a team so two big shows um, on the horizon that obviously we'll talk a lot more about as we get closer to them, but it, it's nice as we start the new year and we look ahead to some of the great shows that are coming to, um, yeah, to have those two imminently on the menu. Speaking of menus, Ali, I know we're not all um, congregating around large tables at the moment, but if someone's after a dinner party recommendation, what, what have you got? Uh, Gosh, there were a lot of good documentaries last year. I think we should do an episode where we actually talk about these in a little bit more depth because there's a a music box series that we're showing HBO documentaries looking at different people or events in in music's history, but two of them that are on Binge at the moment that I really enjoyed and it's probably showing my age or generation, but one was about Woodstock in the 90s and that big festival that happened and all the kind of bands that played in that festival, which was really interesting and just almost a time capsule as well of the state of America at the time. But then the other one that I really enjoyed and recommend, and like I said, maybe let's have another chat about it at a later time, was Jagged, which is a documentary about Alanis Morissette. She's sold more records than any than any other woman in the world, bar one. Um, so the second most record sold for a female artist, and just so much behind her story that I didn't know about. So I really recommend that if you like music and docos and the nineties. Awesome. What about you? What's a, what's a good John Reco? Uh, well, this is a very John Reco. One of the very first things I actually discovered when I first signed up for Binge before I worked there was a uh, stand-up comedy special, which I only even clicked on because it had such great key art, called Drew Michael. For those at home, John, what's key art? What do you mean? Like the picture that oh. you see when you open up the, the platform? 
Yes. So this was in one of those like recommended collections where it's like, you've watched this, so check out this. And it's just this like beautiful, stark blue, you know, photography. Um, And I was like, oh, this looks like something I might like. And it is absolutely something that I liked. So this was a stand-up comedy special from I think 2018 or 2019, definitely pre-COVID. The reason I mentioned that is because it was filmed without an audience. So it kind of feels a bit COVID-y, but it was filmed without an audience because it's meant to be sort of this FaceTime conversation that he's having with this girl that he's talking to online. So again, doesn't sound like a stand-up comedy special, but but absolutely is. The comedian's Drew Michael. He happens to just be my exact age, which I think maybe is why I found what he was talking about so appealing. But he's just had his first follow-up from that uh, come out in December. So it's only been out a few weeks. It's called Drew Michael Red, Blue, Green. It's also got very good key art. But I've watched that over my little Christmas break. And this is in front of an audience, so it's a bit more of a traditional stand-up special. But, yeah, I just found it incredibly relatable. He's he's literally my age, so he keeps talking about being 36 and et cetera. But there's this whole thing about him uh, being a 36-year-old single guy and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, as a 36-year-old single guy, I found it very relatable but also very funny. So if you are not a 36-year-old single guy, I would still recommend it. Um, so that's two specials. One's just called Drew Michael. The other one is Drew Michael, red, blue, green. Awesome. That sounds <laughs> that sounds good. Everyone, you're learning a little bit about John. Uh, he picks up his dating tips from <laughs> Drew Michael's FaceTime. No, um, well, yeah, I haven't watched either of those. So thank you. We'll have a go. Report back. Yeah, I'm single. I'm 36 and single. I'm single and 36, which is fine. Uh, but... It is almost not. (laughs) Like, it's not bad yet, but like, bad is next. (laughs) Like, bad is the next stop on this train. But that's probably enough from us. Uh, In this week's episode, we discussed the wizarding world of Harry Potter. We talked about winning time, the... LA Lakers drama, which is coming soon to binge. And we also talked about The Staircase, which is another drama coming soon to binge. Ali's recommendation for us was a couple of the Music Box documentaries, but especially the Alanis Morissette ones, um, which you can find all on binge. And I embarrassingly talked to you about Drew Michael's various comedy specials. Um, And your dating life. Yeah. Yeah. And my dating life. (laughs) Something to look forward to next week. You can, of course, find Binge on your favorite device. I'm John Bohm. Ali, thanks so much. Uh, Great to see you remotely. Thank you for listening. Uh, This podcast was produced by Dan Barrett with audio editing and mixing by Chris Yates. And we will be back next week with more suggestions on what you should check out on Binge. 